The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus said, For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But the one who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of these servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I have scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And they have it. Riding the election wave with interest, we've been waiting to say something like that. The Senate, they have it. The White House, he has it. That's an outcome when our American government structuring comes around. There are the haves and there are the have-nots. We might like it, we might not, but that's what we expect and we're disquieted until we get it. Because we know that's how kingdoms go, with demarcation between haves and have-nots. In all of that, of course, it's hard to find an abundance 
whose counterpoint is not loss, and a joy that is not paired with some form of schadenfreude. Winners stand opposite losers. The haves have what they have because the have-nots have it not. Jesus' parable of the talent comes as the second part of his answer to a question about the ultimate coming of the kingdom and what that's going to look like. How will having go when the kingdom of heaven comes around? Where will the lines of the haves and the have-nots fall? The kingdom of heaven will be like a man who summoned his servants and entrusted his property to them, Jesus says. To the one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. Talent not in the sense of juggling or professional skills, but in the sense of a big ancient chunk of change. For a laborer, one talent was 20 years' wages. So two talents, five talents, by any multiplier, that is a chunk of change. All the master's servants have. He's given to each of them, concretely, uniquely, richly, Jesus seems to be presenting a kingdom of haves and no have-nots. But isn't that just too good to be true? One servant certainly seems to think so. That is, if he's bothered to think about this particular master at all. Sometimes things just seem so basic that we just, well, know what we know. The servant with one talent has a definite, formed opinion of the master. He's a thug. He's a have. But he has by taking what doesn't belong to him. He's a have on the backs of have-nots. Did this servant miss the fact that his master just handed him a cashier's check for the equivalent of 20 years of wages? No. He thinks that all the haves have by way of taping. So he must be especially wary of this generous giver because he must want something really big. He projects his view of the only reality that he knows onto his master. The haves have by taking. Since there's no winning that game, at least with this opponent, though perhaps he'd like to, this servant just is not going to play. Seeing injustice, he withdraws. Seeing impossible demands, he resorts to liability management. He takes the path of ultimate personal security and non-liability. He buries the talent. Do you manage your religion like he manages his talent? 
You've got a master. He's real. It's serious business. You don't mess with him. And that thing that he gave you, that insight, that truth, that conviction, do you keep it under lock and key? Small, secure, tucked away? Your divine insurance package, so that when God shows up, you can produce this and not be in trouble. For the most part, or as our text says, for a long time, your religion does nothing. And then it gets God off your back. Jesus' parable of the talents would deliver you from such thinking, from such religion, such projection of your truth onto God. Because there's no joy in that. That's not also schadenfreude. And there's no abundance in that that isn't also loss. And because if you think about and if you do religion that way, then you're just plain not part of Jesus' kingdom. Notice that that servant gets exactly what he wants. No talent. No master. He ends up as dark and alone as the talent that he stuck in that hole. But with no have-not, the master's kingdom remains a kingdom of all haves, where what is had invites participation, which leads to multiplication and abundance, which results in joy. You see, Jesus does not present you with a kingdom that works like the state and the states of affairs that you already know. This is not a game of the haves having on the backs of the have-nots. Jesus is not a fixer with a last-minute loophole to slip through when eternity comes around. Jesus is presenting you with the key to life to engagement, to multiplication, to abundance, to joy. All of that is eternal, and all of that begins now. Engagement, multiplication, abundance, joy begin with God's concrete giving of gifts. And all you baptized people, you're in on that. Because God has said to you, I'm going to be a giving master. I'm going to be your father, your brother, your spirit, your life. That means that you are in a position to suspend knee-jerk judgment of God as eternal, ultimate thug. Instead, you have a giver. And that is where the fun starts. Your fun. The wide-eyed, wondering realization voiced by the other servants. Master, to me, you gave fill-in-the-blank. Your spouse. Your education. Your family. 
your voice, your job, your neighbors, your land. Christ's kingdom is not about what you do not have or have not managed to get. Because this kingdom is not about what God expects, but about what God gives. So look to the giver. That is the master whom you have in common. And then look to his gifts. And you will find that he has seen you and known you and loved you in an absolutely unique fashion. And as that lays hold of your hearts and your imaginations, as it inspires your play in life, there will be multiplication. There will be abundance. And there will be the discovery of joy. And the church will appear as a kingdom that is like no other kingdom. And the kingdom of the one who gave himself for us it now comes around again. And we will have him in his body and his blood. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.